Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Hobbs and Shaw in today's statistics episode. We read the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. I did my review episode for Hobbs and Shaw. came out on Monday. Um, <laughs> even at the end of the episode, I mentioned, I kind of gave an idea of where I thought my, my rating for the movie would be. At the time, it felt like a low 50s. Uh, and that that has waned. That that thought has waned quite a bit. I even put it in the show notes of, of that episode that I was already feeling worse and worse uh, as, as I thought more about the movie, as I started to put it into the spreadsheet. I was looking through it. I was writing my letterbox review. And man, it just... Everything started to stack up worse and worse and worse. So it it's it's um yeah it, it it came in quite a bit lower than I had anticipated as of the review episode. Uh, so we'll we'll get into that and uh, I'll kind of talk about try to talk about a little little bit of why it underperformed uh, so so much. So statistics for Hobbs and Shaw, a film a 2019 film that I saw. August 2nd, 2019. Runtime, two hours and eight minutes. I believe that includes the mid-credits sequence uh, of the film. But uh, it's, it's pretty long. It's a pretty long movie. I, my, my brief summary, two unlikely parts of the Fast and Furious franchise join together. And pretty straightforward. I ended up giving this... A 32 so it plummeted pretty harsh in about 20 points and part of why that is is because you know you when you have a spreadsheet that has almost 8,000 films on it uh, you know I can look at all the films that came out this year I can look at all the other Fast and Furious movies and see where I rated them and how it stacks up against those movies and I don't often, I generally do a comparison sort of a model for, for the score when I'm, after I've got a good idea of like the range of where I want the movie to be, if I can't settle down on a particular number on its own. And less often and, and quite rarely do I use the comparisons as the starting point for the score. And obviously i had an idea of low 50s, so that wasn't the starting point, but this was a huge and and pretty monumental shift because also in the 50s, in the high 50s, though, is Jumanji, another Dwayne Johnson movie, and Hobbs and Shaw is is significantly worse than Jumanji. And then looking at some of the other Fast and Furious movies, The Fast and Furious, the original one, was a 57. That's a much better movie. And now I remember saying that Fate of the, this was better than Fate of the Furious, and maybe it, I don't know, it's more fun than Fate of the Furious, I guess, is, is what's important. Uh, but I wouldn't say that it's a necessarily better movie, and the more I was thinking about it, the more I was looking at it and kind of trying to remember what happened and, and the 
you know, how important is it that Vanessa Kirby was so good in that movie? How important is it that Hobbs and Shaw actually, you know, makes sense? And how important is it that they work together well? And and what if they, you know, are they good as a uh, a, a duo, a leading duo in one of these movies, as opposed to just a sort of smaller side character? And, you know, so I, I was considering a lot of these different things and working out exactly how this fit in. And so I'm looking at some of these Fast and Furious movies. And below Fate and the Furious, you have The Fast and the Furious from 2006. <laughs> you know, because these movies are uh, Tokyo Drift. Uh, I hate the titles of these movies, which I give a 38. So I give Fast Tokyo Drift a 38. And that's another movie that I kind of enjoy despite, in spite of itself. It introduces us to Han. I really like Han. I think Han's a good character. And then you go a little below that, and you have 2003's Too Fast, Too Furious, which I gave a 34. And I ended up thinking that this, from a quality standpoint, uh, really kind of fell in the Too Fast, and Too, Fur- Too, Fast Too Furious uh, range, in the 34 range. So I was looking in, in that uh, area... I was looking at what else has come out this year. What if I put in that range that I think this is similar to? Uh, you know, you've got Godzilla, King of the Monsters. How does this stack up to that? I gave that a 34. Is this a 34? Is it a little bit better? Is it a little bit worse? Uh, Dumbo. I gave Dumbo a 35. Is this a little bit better? A little bit worse? What makes it better or worse? Is it the effects? Is it the action? Is it the humor? Is it the characters? Is it the performances? Etc. 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 Ultimately, as I said, I decided on a 32. Uh, and and this is it's just not a good movie it it has elements of fun I really I still really like Vanessa Kirby and uh, we'll get into some of the cameos and spoilers when we get into the actors later on but all in all there are just so so many problems and I think the biggest one is that it takes all of the elements of the Fast and Furious franchise uh, the cars the action the bravado the um uh the the family elements it it takes all of those and in most instances not all but most it it just it doesn't approach them the right way and i think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that these are not the main fast and furious cast these are not the characters that we've spent eight movies with these are you know smaller side characters who haven't really had a chance to blossom and and get to know we we don't know who they are beyond this shtick that they each are kind of known for in this universe and so all in all it does kind of feel weak in a lot of those ways so i ended up giving it a 32 the last i looked it had a 66 percent on rotten tomatoes currently puts it at 97th overall for the year and 6,019th all time. It got a 1 on the Bechtel test. The only outside of Vanessa Kirby, the film significantly lacks female characters. You have Isaac Gonzalez, who we barely even get a name for, and does not talk to Vanessa Kirby. So it's a 1. It is a 1. It's a PG-13 movie. It is the 806th highest rated action film. It is the 773rd highest rated adventure film. 
It is part of the Fast and Furious franchise. It is the ninth film in the series and currently slots in at number eight, just ahead of 2009's Fast and Furious. I believe that's the fourth movie. Uh, that is definitely a step down. Uh, it lo- uh, extends the total runtime of this franchise to 17.9 hours and lowers their av- its average rating to a 46.78. 46.78. All right, let's move on to the director, director of Hobbs and Shaw. Director is David Leach. Leach, Leach. This is the fourth film of his I've seen. It decreases his average film rating to a 59 even. It is his only film rated between 25 and 49 and worst movie overall, coming in behind Deadpool, colon, No Good Deed. He has a value of one, a score of 40.33, to be ranked 428th overall, just behind... Uh, let's say Chris Renaud, Renaud, Chris Renaud, who directed the Despicable Me movies and uh, Secret Life of Pets movies. Uh, and Leach is one spot ahead of Eric Darnell, who directed Ants and Madagascar 3, Europe's Most Wanted. Uh, David Leach, I generally like. This is the only bad movie of his I've seen as a director. I like Deadpool 2. I like Atomic Blonde. And... As I said in the review, this should have been a, com- a composition of n- names, both in front of and behind the camera, that should absolutely work. And it just doesn't more often than not. And and that's a big shame. It's quite a shame. Hobbs and Shaw, the writing team behind it, uh, includes Drew Pierce. This is the fifth film of his I've seen, dropping his average film rate to a 56.4. It's his second film, rate right between 25 and 49, and worst movie overall coming in behind Hotel Artemis. He has a value of 0.5, a score of 40.79, to be ranked 650th overall. One spot behind Dan and Kevin Hageman, who wrote on the Lego movie, Lego Ninjago movie, and the first Hotel Transylvania. And Drew Pierce is one spot ahead of Furio Scarpelli, who is a credited writer on Il Postino, Oscar-nominated screenwriter for Il Postino. Uh, there's also Chris Morgan. This is the sixth film of his I've seen. It drops his average film rating to a 48.67. It is his second film rate between 25 and 49 and fifth best movie overall, coming in behind The Fate of the Furious and ahead of Fast and Furious. He has a value of negative two, a score of 34.5 to be ranked 1,038th overall, one spot behind Andrew Bujalski, and one spot ahead of Aesop. No, tied with Aesop. One spot ahead of Eric Johnson. Uh, so the writing in this is uh, predictably cheesy and flawed in a lot of ways, uh, from a plot standpoint, from a screenwriting standpoint, uh, from a lot of standpoints. And that, I mean, that's, that doesn't help. It's not good. Don't do it. It's bad. Make make your make your scenes, make your moments, make your elements, make your characters feel real. And this doesn't really do that not that these i mean yes these movies always feature or at least the latter half of the franchise has always featured over-the-top action but the characters still have you know relatable elements and i don't think they did a good job of fleshing out those parts of hobbs or shaw or vanessa kirby or idris elba and idris elba is part robot anyway so moving on to the actors the performers uh First and foremost, 
spoilers. Uh, I went into this and there were two or maybe three big cameos that I was not aware of. And one of them I know for my, for me at least was very uh, fun and, and I've really enjoyed and I was glad I did not know that this person was in the movie. So if you do not want to know the names of the people in this movie because you haven't seen it yet, uh, then you know here is your here is your warning right now uh, that I will be using going through the statistics for those people um, right after this. Don't ask too many questions. You don't want answers to. You don't like my direction. Hell, I won't follow you. Thank you, Bradley Cooper slash Jackson Maine. Uh, all right, here we go. Starting out with Eddie Marsan. This is the 35th film of his I've seen. It drops his average film range by 57.26. It is his seventh film rated between 25 and 49 and 32nd best movie overall. Coming in behind, Mark Felt, colon, the man who brought down the White House and right ahead of Snow White and the Huntsman. He has a value of 3.5, a score of 57.66 to be ranked 584th overall, one spot behind Ralph Innocent, and one spot ahead of Mackenzie Crook. Uh, Eddie Marsan plays a scientist in the film, uh, sort of becomes embroiled into the overall plot, which involves a virus, and uh, he is one of the few people who is able to help fix the problem. And uh, yeah, Eddie Marsan, he's... He's good. He's fine. He's always good in movies. Um, I thought his accent was really strong. And yeah, he, he was there. He, he didn't take up a huge part of the movie. He, I believe he was also in Atomic Blonde in a similar kind of role. So Eddie Marsan. Next up is Cliff Curtis. This is the seventh film of his I've seen. It drops his average film range by 51.94. It's his fifth film, rated between 25 and 49, and 12th best movie overall, coming in behind Last Night's. K-N-I-G-H-T-S, and just ahead of Blow, he has a value of negative 1.5, a score of 44.97 to be ranked 1,860th overall, one spot behind J.K. Simmons, and one spot ahead of Virginia Madsen. Cliff Curtis is the brother of Dwayne Johnson. Just kind of weird. Uh, I, I mean, ethnically, it, it fine, but visually it's still strange to see you know Dwayne Johnson who's three times bigger than Cliff Curtis uh as like I think his younger brother I think that's yeah I think maybe maybe older brother I forget that it's again the movie doesn't care too much so why should I Cliff Curtis he's always good Next up, Idris Elba. This is the 25th film of his I've seen. It drops his average film range by 50.6. It's his ninth film, rated right between 25 and 49, and 19th best movie overall, coming in behind Prometheus and ahead of Thor The Dark World. He has a value of negative 5, a score of 41.85 to be ranked 2,265th overall, one spot behind Rose Byrne, and one spot ahead of Reese Ifans. Idris Elba, obviously, playing the villain of the film, the anti-antagonist, the, the bad guy. And like I said, I, I think he does a good job here. He knows how to own this movie. He knows how to do the action stuff. And uh, I think the hand-to-hand combat scenes that he's in, he, he he's pretty strong in. He's got a good physical presence. And, you know, he's got a kind of a tall task. He's got to be 
at least presented as the equal to Hobbes and Shaw combined. And uh, I think most of the time he's able to do that. Um, so yeah, I don't have any problems with Idris Elba. Isa Gonzalez. This is the fifth film of hers I've seen. It drops for average for me to a 41.4. It's her third film rated between 25 and 49 and fourth best movie overall. Coming in behind She's Missing and ahead of Welcome to Marwin. She has a value of negative four, a score of 25.57 to be ranked 4,120th overall, one spot behind John Glazer, and one spot ahead of Andy Dick. Isaac Gonzalez, I wish she was in this movie more. I really like her. Uh, I thought she was really fun in Baby Driver. I liked what little we got of her in Alita Battle Angel earlier this year. And there's kind of a, a an attempt to tease her having a bigger role in maybe a future Fast and Furious movie or maybe a future Hobbs and Shaw movie. And I'm here for that. I, I would definitely support a bigger role for Isaac Gonzalez. Next up is Vanessa Kirby. This is the seventh film of hers I've seen. It drops her average film rating to a 38.57. It's her third film rate between 25 and 49 and fifth best movie overall, coming in behind Charlie Countryman and ahead of Me Before You. She has a value of negative six, a score of 24 even, to be ranked 4,255th overall, one spot behind Eddie Redmayne, and one spot ahead of Lee Whannell. Kirby, like I said, I, I could praise her. I couldn't praise her more. I think she was the best part of this movie, uh, top to bottom, and I stand by that. Next up is Jason Statham. This is the 24th film of his I've seen. It drops his average film rate to a 43.42. It's his 13th film, rated between 25 and 49, and 18th best movie overall, coming in behind The Meg and ahead of Hummingbird. He has a value of negative 16.5, a score of 23.58, to be ranked 4,291st overall, one spot behind Gemma Arterton, and one spot ahead of Rufus Sewell. Statham as Shaw... Uh, I don't know. I mean, Dwayne and, and Statham both did what they needed to do for this movie. And like I said, I thought the the mid like in the action, the active moments that the two shared, uh, like the the elevator outside the building sequence and uh, things like that. I thought the physical humor between those two characters was so much stronger than the verbal banter that they shared. And and that just kind of gets in the way of the movie. All right, the first actual uh, cameo spoiler. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, the 26th film credit, credit of his I've seen. It drops his average form rate to a 42.81. It's his 12th film, rated between 25 and 49, and 19th best movie overall, coming in behind The Proposal and ahead of Green Lantern. He has a value of negative 18, a score of 21.75, to be ranked 4,411th overall, one spot behind Lily Travers, and one spot ahead of Brecken Meyer. Ryan Reynolds plays a friend of, of, of Hobbes in the film. They meet fairly early on. He's part of why uh, Hobbes gets involved in, in the movie's central conflict in the first place. And we get to hear from him like two or three more times throughout the film, including a, a credit sequence. And he's basically just playing Deadpool. I mean, that's his. That's all he's done since he got the first Deadpool movie out, and I don't really have a problem with that because I think he's good at playing that role, and that character is very different than the rest of the Fast and Furious world. 
So it was kind of a breath of fresh air to see him in this movie. I thought he was the one of the funniest aspects of the film. Uh, he has a great chemistry with, with Dwayne Johnson and uh, definitely seems like he's being set up to be a character in the future installments as well. And I am here for that too. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. Next up is another cameo that I wasn't aware of, and that's Kevin Hart, who seems to be in every Dwayne Johnson movie ever. Uh, he, this is at least the last like four or five or so. Uh, this is the 24th film of his I've seen. It drops his average film range to a 40.79. It's his sixth film, rated between 25 and 49, and 14th best movie overall, coming in behind The Wedding Ringer and ahead of The Upside. He has a value of, not, of six, negative 16.5 and a score of 21.15 to be ranked 4,454th overall. One spot behind Ronda Rousey and one spot ahead of James Belushi. Kevin Hart plays a an, an air marshal on one of the planes that Hobbs and Shaw take. And his gimmick is that he wants to be the third leg in their duo. Uh, didn't work for me. I'm not even really the biggest fan of Kevin Hart to start with. And I thought his inclusion was kind of silly. I get the premise behind his character and why he is what he is. And he does serve a purpose in the film as facilitating transportation for Hobbs and Shaw at one point. But beyond that, I, I just did not feel like it was a requirement or a necessity to put him in this movie. And it just, like the banter, he just kind of adds to the verbal banter that I don't find particularly fun. No. Next up is Helen Mirren. This is the 40th film credit of hers I've seen. It drops her average film rating to a 45.08. It is her 14th film, rated between 25 and 49, and 27th film overall. One spot behind her animated role in Legend of the Guardians, colon, The Owls of Gaul, and one spot ahead of Killer's Kill, Dead Men Die. Uh, she has a value of negative 22, a score of 20.93 to be ranked 4,459th overall. One spot behind, uh, Anna Flavia Gavlik, who was in La La Land, Baywatch, and Once Upon a Time in Venice. And one spot ahead of Tom Green, the old Tom Green. Uh, Helen Mirren is the mother of... Statham's character who's in prison. I'm pretty sure she was in a previous Fast and Furious movie. I'm going to see if I can find that in any sort of... The Fate of the Furious. She was in the last one. Cool. And, uh, yeah, she we see her like two or three times, and she's totally irrelevant to the story and plot. So there's that. And I believe the final person is Dwayne Johnson himself. This is the 36th film of his I've seen. It drops his average film rating to a 41.31. It is his 17th film, rated between 25 and 49, and 22nd best movie overall, coming in behind G.I. Joe colon Retaliation and ahead of The Game Plan. He has a value of negative 24.5, a score of 14.63, to be ranked 4,717th overall, and that is out of... Um, 4,967 people. He is one spot behind a couple people tied, and I don't, none of them are really names I'm familiar with, but Margaret Avery 
Eric Tsang, Melina Mercury, and Margaret Weicherly. Three of the four of those are Oscar-nominated. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. And Dwayne Johnson is one spot ahead of Ali Larder. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, playing Hobbs. And like I said about uh, Statham, he's fine. He's absolutely fine in this role. This is the, move, the role he's been playing for the last 10 years and will continue to play for the foreseeable future. Those are the performers in Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. <sighs> All right. Academy Awards, not going to get any. Circle of Film Awards, not getting any. Um, but we have things in the year. How do I make sure that these formulas on my spreadsheet uh, add up to what they're supposed to. Got to adjust a few things and update the formulas. So this is going to be me just kind of ad-libbing for two seconds while the spreadsheet runs and calculates all of its data. Um, we got a lot of new movies coming out this week. Dora, Art of Racing in the Rain, Brian Banks, uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, and The Kitchen. I think only three of those are coming out in the theater near me. Uh, and I, I think it's Dora, Racing in the Rain, and The Kitchen that we get. So Saturday, Friday's episode will likely be Dora, I want to say. But that's to be determined. Um, yeah, that's... We'll see. See how that goes and um, move on from there. All right, almost ready. It is a huge spreadsheet and takes a million years to f update. Um, yeah, so I think Friday's episode is going to be Dora. And then next week, there will be probably something on the kitchen. Uh, the Farewell. Definitely seeing The Farewell on Friday. Super excited for that. And um, perhaps the top 10 August-born actors episode. That's what we're looking at. All right. Spreadsheet is updated. For the year 2019, I've seen 150 films released this year. And I've seen 814 films in this calendar year. Uh, they have an, The 2019 films have an average rating of 40.67. An average tomato meter score of 61.6. Uh, this is the 31st action and 28th adventure film that I have seen. Which... Oh, I guess I could do this, uh, which ties 2019 with 20, 2007 for the number of action films I've seen released those years. And with 28 adventure films, that is just ahead of 2008 and just behind 2002. Total number of adventure films. Hmm, interesting. Um, as far as good to bad films, the ratio currently stands at 34 to 91 or 0.37 good films for every bad film. With a one on the Bechtel test, Hobbs and Shaw is part of the 24% of films from this year with that with a 1, uh, as opposed to 13.33% of films with a 0, 13.33% of films with a 2, and just shy of 50% with a 3. It is the 38th film to have a PG-13 rating that I've seen this year. And uh, that's it. 
as far as ratings are concerned, with 32, Hobbs and Shaw is one of the 84 films to have a 32 on my spreadsheet. Other films that share this score from this year, Pet Cemetery and Tolkien. Uh, if we go back some, ta- some, some years, you've got The Spy Who Dumped Me, The Kissing Booth, Bohemian Rhapsody, four-time Oscar-winning film Bohemian Rhapsody, Woman Walks Ahead, Mark Felt, the man who brought down the White House, The Foreigner, The Shack, Rock Dog, LBJ, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, colon, Out of the Shadows, A Walk in the Woods, Last Nights, Last Days in Vietnam, Wish I Was Here, RoboCop, the 2014 remake. We go all the way back in time to the first film released that has that score. You'd have to go back to 1895 to Annabelle Serpentine Dance. You also got Mickey's Orphans, The Garden of Allah, and Porky the Fireman. Some of those sound like animated short films. Um, yeah. Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. That is the statistics episode for the newest entry into the Fast and Furious franchise. Suffice to say, I was pretty let down, and it has only gotten more rotten the further away I get. It does not age very well. The, um, yeah. So I don't, I don't really recommend seeing it, I guess, but it's certainly an easy film to just turn your brain off while you're watching, because if you don't, it's going to be even worse. So thank you for listening to today's episode. It does mean a lot. If you would like to find more episodes, iTunes, Stitcher, and most places podcasts can be found, as well as circleoffilm.com, where you can find all the episodes, including a bunch of other things, including... Um, Somewhat up-to-date screenshots of the spreadsheet. You can find top 10 August Born Actors lists. You can find the Circle of Film Award lists and much more. If you'd like to write into the show, say anything, um, you can email circleoffilm at gmail.com or you can tweet at circleoffilm or follow me on Letterboxd at circleoffilm. I generally review everything I watch, uh, absolutely everything that's feature-length and most things that are short films. Finally, if you like to support the show, you can like it, rate it, review it, or subscribe it wherever you are, whenever you want, or wherever you are, as best as you, much as you can. Uh, or you can become a Patreon subscriber for as little as eight cents an episode, which would give you access to every episode early. Um, the amount of earliness varies from one episode to the next, but early. As if there aren't enough episodes already. Thank you for listening. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same adieu. Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.